let's take our Bibles. We're going to turn and we're going to be speaking about, uh, we're going to start with James chapter 1 and verse 26. And then we'll, we'll read into uh, James chapter 2 and verse 13, okay? James chapter 1, verse 26, and then into, into James chapter 2 and verse 13. And it reads like this. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. My brothers and sisters, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, Oh, well, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, Yo, stand over by my feet. Stay out of the way. Keep quiet. Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you haven't dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme and the honorable name by which you were called. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for James bringing it, Lord. Speaking into our hearts. Informing us on how to live this life and our set of beliefs out into action, God. We thank you for his openness. We thank you for his frontal attack on us to live this life and make it real so that people see us and they see Jesus. We pray today, Lord, that you'd solidify some thoughts in our minds about our heart and how we need to walk it out by faith. And who you are, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. C.S. Lewis said, When the whole world is running to a cliff, he who is running in the opposite direction appears to have lost his mind. And isn't that the way uh, we sometimes feel as believers, right? As followers of Christ. The world's running one way to destruction. We're running the other. And the amount of volume of arguments and speculations and information and perspectives and perceptions that are against the word of God, it overwhelms us sometimes. The Bible says that the way to life is narrow. There's few that find it, but the way to, to destruction is broad, and there are many on that road. We're seeing a, a culture that is decidedly turning their hearts away from God. The Bible speaks of this great 
apostasy that will come upon, come upon man, come upon women. That once the burning embers of the fires of the Holy Spirit were burning in their hearts and in their lives will soon become cold because of a turning away and a despising of the faith. Uh, we will not change direction, amen? We will run against the tide, and we will drag as many people as we can to the gospel of Jesus Christ that brings life. But James here is talking about what I see as three things, okay? Our talk, our walk, and our gawk, all right? James 1.26 says, If anyone thinks he's religious, does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion is a sticky thing, isn't it? Because of our, the deceitfulness of our own heart, we can, we, can, uh, we can misjudge religion with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Isn't it true? Many, uh, many have been entrapped, a soul in the snare of works rather than rest in the finished work of Jesus. If you're doing anything in a spiritual manner like serving, preaching, giving, loving, resisting temptation, thinking that you can successfully do it without dependence on the Holy Spirit and act in your own natural power, you're wrong. If you're hoping to gain or receive God's favor by doing so, then you are deceived and your religion is worthless. Remember the story. There were those that came to Christ and said, Lord, ah, I gave a box of hope, man. In fact, I picked out the biggest family with five kids. That was expensive, Lord. But I come to you now, realizing that you love me because of my good works. Maybe you're coming to church out of duty. Many of us did that in the past. It's just a thing to do. It's the religious thing to do. It means nothing in the sight of God if your heart is not right with him. Amen? Many of us give. Many of us serve. The Bible says that our self-righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. Why? Because it keeps us from realizing that our righteousness does not make it. It's the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Declared righteousness over our lives that gives us that acceptance as a son and daughter of God. That feeling that we belong. Amen? We're accepted. We're in the family of God. And then that sense of access into the very presence of God. God no, no, no longer keeps you at a distance because of your sin, but because of Jesus Christ, the righteousness of God in you, he accepts you and we gain access into his presence. Oh, man, how can we forfeit that for self-righteousness? Amen? How can we forfeit that about, for talking about our good works and our good deeds? Religion alone always focuses on the works that I do and who I am. Relationship with Jesus always focuses on the work Christ has done. Amen? And that's the difference. There's an eternity of difference between these two extremes. Anyone who sets himself up as religious by talking a good game about yourself is totally deceived. Our talk is simply the overflow and abundance that is in our heart. Amen? Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. This week, dive into Matthew chapter 12, 33 to 37. Out of your mouth, the heart speaks. What's coming out of your mouth? Amen. Is it the declarations and proclamations of people that have spoken into your lives in the past that were in error and brought deceit into your life? Or are you speaking the truth of God's word over your souls that our identity is found in Christ? Amen. Our lives are hidden with Christ in God. We're sons and daughters of God. 
We're loved by God. My identity is not in my weakness. My identity rests in his strength. And that's the beauty of having a heart that's changed. And the overflow of our, of our life is this wonderful ministry of the gab, of talk. Amen? I want to ask you, what are you, what are you talking about this week? You're talking about your, your weaknesses, or you're talking about your faults, or you're talking about your insufficiencies and inadequacies. No, duh. No, duh. We're all weak. We're all inadequate. We're all insufficient. But guess who is the all-sufficient one? And that is Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's where we rest. That's where we're accepted. That's where we belong. And that's the stuff that we should speak out of our lips, the declaration of what God says about ourselves. Amen? Our identity is wrapped up in Christ and Christ alone. Oh, man. Talk is cheap if it's not talk about the one who saved you and redeemed you and changed you and transformed you. Amen? When we gather for a men's group and women's group, we talk about the efficacy, the wonderful efficiency, proficiency, sufficiency, and all the other shesincies, okay, about God and all his perfect, perfect work in our hearts and in our lives. If you're in Christ today, you are complete in him. The process of sanctification is always happening in our lives and in our hearts. We fall on our knees, and in exchange of our weakness and insufficiencies and faults, he gives us the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit to be what we ought to be and do what we ought to do and say what we ought to say. Amen? It's not in your own strength. So stop trying. Fall on your knees and yield your life to God. The spirit of the living God comes in and flows and transforms us and changes us. And he says, yo, I have a plan and a purpose for your life. Amen. Oh, it's great to walk in the presence of the Lord, the passion of Christ and the purpose that he's created you to be and to do and to say. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks what you've been speaking, what you've been talking about. Let's not talk about our religiosity so-called good works. Let's talk about Jesus Christ and his finished work. Amen? Yeah. All the demons trembled, friends. On that third day, we've talked about this all the time. See, the, the devil and the demons are not omniscient. They don't know the future. So that day Jesus died, they were celebrating. They were like, we finally got and destroyed the plan of God. But until the third day... Oh, no. Jesus rose from the dead. Amen. Everybody go, yeah. 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 Rose from the dead. Jesus, the perfect lamb of God, the sinless lamb of God, rose from the dead, defeating your shame, your guilt, your condemnation, and defeating death and hell itself. He won the victory. And we now walk behind him as our champion as our trailblazer that blazes the way for us into all eternity. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. James 1.27 speaks about our walk. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, to keep oneself unstained from the world. Whenever you hear about this walk in Scripture, it's not that you got the Christian swag going on, okay? You've seen this walking down the street. Christians don't have a physical walk. 
But the walk in scripture is speaking about your character, speaking about your conversation, and speaking about your conduct. Amen? Walk in scripture always refers to your whole being, who you are in Christ, and how you're walking out this life of Christ in your conversation and in your, your, your character and in your conduct. The Bible speaks to us about walking in a manner that brings honor and glory to Jesus. We are his. Amen? Bible says that he'll not share his glory with another. If you're glorifying in your self-righteousness and your, your good deeds, he'll not share his glory with you. If you come to God with something that you think that you are based on your own flesh and your own experience, he'll not manifest his glory in your life. The only way we come to him is in total surrender to him as Lord and King today. If you've never accepted Christ as Lord, it is high time to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, amen? The Savior of the world. The Bible speaks about walking. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Walk in love. Walk in the light. Walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. We've talked about that, how the speculations and arguments and all this stuff that we're getting from the world about how we should think, act, and behave is deceitful and false. But yet we take it in and we get it into our minds. The one beautiful thing about our walk is that we can't walk out the life of Christ until we realize that he has renewed our mind. Amen? Oh, thank God that we don't think about what we used to think about. And if we do on a, on a bad day, we say, whoa, God, I take that thought captive and I give it to you under the knowledge of God and bring the knowledge of God to the, to the forefront of my mind. I walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. Our walk usually follows our talk. Isn't it true? Goes from our mind to our mouth, to our heart, to our walk. And if you're behaving wrongly, bring it all back up into your mind. Amen? What are you thinking about? What are you focusing on? Jesus Christ transforms our mind. He's promised it from Ezekiel. He'll give us a new heart and a new mind. We thank God for that. Let's look up this verse. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, okay? It's not in your spiritual formation sheet, but write it down. Ephesians chapter 5, and we'll read this awesome passage of Scripture. And we're going we're gonna to start from verse 1, okay? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. And it starts in verse 31 of chapter 4. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Amen. As God in Christ forgave you. Hallelujah. He's forgiven us. Amen. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Sexual immorality, all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Amen. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Have you heard what I've just read? It is the word of truth. Amen. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of this, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at 
at one time. Remember that time? At one time, way back before we came to the light, we were in darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light of God's word, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. And that's why we stress, friends, to dig into the word of God. Amen? The word of God brings light. It shows us the character and nature of God. It shows us what God has determined us to be, and we walk in it. Arise, O sleeper, and arise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, worthlessness, senselessness, futility, uselessness, but be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Amen. I love Mary's testimony today because she was speaking about the victory of God in circumstances that might not on paper reveal the victory of God. And that's what we do by faith. We live out this life by faith. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Do you see how we walk, guys? We walk in the light. We need to get the word of God into our hearts. And what he does is he shines the light in the darkness of our heart, and we get to respond to that. So I remember this little story sticks out in my mind. My brother used to live in the Bronx. I lived there too. And we went down, he had a little a little dock on a little inlet, and he had a boat there. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever been to New York City, the rats are, the rats are fun. They're like big pets that kind of roam around, you know? And uh, so we lifted up the boat, and there was a huge big rat, and it came into the light. And man, that rat jumped like a, he was on a spring right towards our neck. It was weird. Big old rat, you know? traumatized to this day about that but my my brother had an oar in his hand and he was great at baseball and that thing when that came flying my brother bam hit that rat into the water he did not respond kindly to the light in his darkness how many times do we read the word of god and we spring out of rebellion we spring out of self-righteousness our flesh rises up we don't receive the light of God's word. When you read the scripture, be ready to be convicted. Be ready to be spoken to. Amen? And allow the spirit of God to change your talk, to change your walk, so that we behave for the glory of God and the honor of, Lord, of the Lord. We walk in the light as he is in the light. Our love for Jesus moves us to act in faithful ministry, loving service to all people, the homeless, the loveless, the widows, the hurting, the fearful, and those alone in the world. It keeps us walking unstained and not polluted by this world. Amen? So we talked about the talk. We talked about the walk, that our pure religion needs to be operated 
in our behavior, in our conduct, in our conversation. And then uh, the third aspect is James chapter 2, 1 to 13. It speaks about our gawk. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when uh, maybe you've been in churches where you felt people gawking at you, maybe you looked a little bit different. I remember going to uh, a friend of mine church in uh, Long Island. It was an all-black church, all-black church. In fact, I was the only white dude in there. And I was getting a little gawks, a couple of gawks, like, ooh, there's a white person in this, up in this place. We do that with people, don't we? When we look at somebody because of our experiences, our biases, our prejudices, immediately there's judgment on that person. And we think of that person with distinction. The Bible speaks about when a rich person comes in, we fall at their feet. We say, come on, sit up here. But what about that person that walks in, in with shabbily clothes, that walks in that has no food, that kind of smells? Maybe he even smokes cigarettes. How do we view that person? We don't view people with distinction. The only distinction that is, is between a holy God and a fallen man. Amen? That's the distinction. We treat everybody as the same. There's no respect of persons with God. Everyone, Palestinian, Jew, black, white, yellow, brown, purple, green, whatever color you want, they need to come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? We do not gawk at people and make judgments about people. We need to really understand this, friends. Because usually when you judge somebody, there's something in your own heart that you see in that person that you don't want to deal with, so we deflect it onto people. Isn't that true? Whenever I do that, I say, God, there's something in me that I'm not dealing with. There's something in me that you got you to gotta move, and you got to change, and you got to transform. There is no distinction. The Bible speaks about judgment. When Jesus, when Paul said in Romans chapter 8, therefore there is now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. That was a legal term that was speaking about the, the entire judicial system. The entire judicial system of the law of sin, shame, and guilt has, been, uh, has caused you not to be bound in chains and broken. It has set you free. Amen? The law of God, the judicial aspect of God's Law has set you free. There is now no condemnation. There's no judge. There's no jury. There's no jailhouse that can keep you. You are free in Christ Jesus. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We don't gawk. To gawk is an open stare. And when we stare at certain people, immediately there's judgment. We don't judge people. We look at fruit. We look at where they are. Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 14. Let's turn there in closing, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 14 says this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded that this, that this, that one has died for all, the rich man, the poor man, the yellow man, the black man, the white man, and he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him, for their sake, died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Amen? And here it is. We no longer make 
perceptions and perspectives based on our worldly, fleshly experiences in the past. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. There were just a few people that judged Christ, didn't they? We regarded him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? A new creation. A new creation. There's something brand spanking new that God has done in your heart that makes you different completely from what you were in your past. Do you understand that work of God in your heart and life? The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Ah, isn't that wonderful? All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Oh, listen to this. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. How can he make his appeal through us when we're judging people based on our own perceptions and perspectives of our past, our biases and our prejudices? How can we bring people to Christ? We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We no longer make judgments on folks when they walk in this place. The only judgment we make is, are they a a believer in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior or not? Amen? And as ministers of reconciliation, that's our task, to be all things to all men so that we might win some. That's why we give these boxes of hope. That's why there's people working all through the week, serving and loving at at the high school. That's why we pick up from Queen City Food four times a week. Because we want to open hearts by good deeds so that they receive the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our prayer. Amen? We're not social justice warriors feeding the hungry. Amen? We're holiness warriors bringing the truth of God's word and the salvation of God to mankind. And our prayer is that every man, woman, and child will come to know Christ because we are Ministers of reconciliation saying to everyone, come back to God. Amen? Come back to God. Let's make this religion in our hearts all about Jesus. Amen? Paul said he was the least of all saints because he knew the sin that he had before, but yet the grace of God to allow him to be all that he could be was the grace of God. Amen? The grace of God. I'm going to have the worship team come on up. And we're going to worship the Lord and seal the deal today that we live out the talk that's necessary to declare the word of God and the proclamations of God. We walk in such a way that brings honor to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We walk in love. We walk in the truth. We walk in the law of liberty. We walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. And that we'll walk out of this place realizing that It's all his doing, amen? It's all his doing. Perfect work of salvation on the cross of Christ. He saved us to the uttermost, amen? Let's worship him.